Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Yishayahu Perek Nun Vav, Isaiah chapter 56. So as you hear from our opening introduction, this is a chapter with very famous psukim. For example, the verse that you just heard sung, that is a central part of our slichot liturgy and our Yom Kippur liturgy. But today instead I'm going to talk about maybe even a more famous phrase that you will find in Pasuk Hey, and that is the phrase Yad Vashem. Yad Vashem, we've all heard of Yad Vashem, and uh, our chapter talks about certain uh, characters who might feel that they have no part in the Jewish people. What happens if a non-Jew wants to come close to God, and he might say, God has separated me out. Or the Saris, the eunuch, the person who has no ability to have children, will say, I am a dried up tree, I can't produce fruit. And God in this chapter says that they all have a place in the covenant. They all have a place amongst the Jewish people. That uh, for the B'nai Neichar, for the non-Jews, they can also come to my holy mountain, um, because my house is a house of prayer for all peoples. So here we have this sort of universal ethic. I think we'll talk about that in a future class. And what about for the Saris, who can't have children? He says, I will make for them in my house and in the walls of my city. Yad Vashem, a Yad Vashem, Tov mi banimubi which will be even better than, than sons and daughters. Shame olam etenlo, an everlasting name I will give them. So I want to talk a little bit about what it means, Yad Vashem. So let's really start with the word Yad. Yad means a monument. Um, in Shmuel Aleph, Perak Tetvav, the famous story about Amalek, Shmuel goes chasing up King Saul. And he says to the people there, you know, where is King Saul? And they say to him, oh, he's gone to Carmela. He's gone to the Carmel. He yad. He is making for himself a yad. A yad is a, is a monument, right? It is literally a monument. And we find that even more strongly in the stories of Abshalom in Shmuel Bet, Perak Yudchet, Pasuk Yudchet. That they talk about Abshalom. Abshalom didn't have a son. It says here, Abshalom lakach yatsevlo b'chayavet matsevet ashebe emekamelek. In the valley of the in the valley of the kings, he established himself a matsevet, a monument. Ki amar ben. He said, I don't have a child, and since I have no male continuer, um, he says. I won't, my name will not be remembered. Nobody will say, I am whatever, Ben Abshalom. Ki amar eni ben, but abur his kir shemi. 
so that so that his name should be perpetuated. And Yad Avshalom. He took this monument and he called it Yad Avshalom, the monument of Avshalom. So here we have understand. There is a problem. If people don't have children, um, their name will not be perpetuated. And therefore they want to create a monument. They want to create something which will establish their name forever. Now we're used to this idea, you know, even in Hollywood, people say they want to write their, their name in lights. People want their name. They want to, to spread their reputation. And how do you do that? Well, you want to create a yard. You want to create a monument. You want a continuation of the name. Um, and and that's why sometimes when, unfortunately, people die young, sometimes when Chayalim are killed in battle here in Israel, uh, you will find all sorts of projects which bear their name because we want their name. They, they can't be perpetuated through their descendants. They died, they weren't married or they didn't have children, but they will create a tzedakah in their name or they will create a maybe even a, a a picnic area in their name or a yeshuv in their name and that way their name will be continued and this notion of continuing the name lies at the heart of a fascinating halakha which is the halakha of yibum what happens if a man does die and he doesn't have any male progeny and his wife is meant to marry his brother and what's the point the point of doing this is the brother is meant to marry this his his deceased brother's widow um, in order to establish a name in, in Israel. This is what it says, that his name should not be erased. And if he refuses to marry her, the, they, they do a whole ceremony and they call him Beit this man gets called Beit Chalutzanal, the person who did Chalitza. I'll come back to that notion of the shaming of the of the man who won't. But the, the aim is you don't have a child. If you had a child, the child might be called after you. Or the child, if he will, you know, have himself children, will call after his father. So the name will be perpetuated, or at the very, very least, it will be, I am, whoever it is, Ben, the person who's died, the shame, the name, the family name. Now we, we talk about a surname, right? The surname continues the family line. And and therefore we have this concept of keeping the name going. So in this Pasha of Yibum, Devarim Perachafei, the idea is that the progeny, when this woman, the widow, marries the deceased brother and when they have a child he will keep family name right and of course where do we find this idea well first of all let's talk about not keeping the name right sometimes we you've probably heard the phrase of somebody who's very very evil and we say let his name be wiped out right this is exactly the opposite of this when we have a good person we want the name to be perpetuated and their name should not be eradicated. However, as we read in Tehillim, Perak Kuftet, um, it says there when it's talking about evil people, and it's talking about real Rasha'im, it says, Let him be wiped out. Let his name be wiped out. So good people, we want to continue their reputation, their name, we want to memorialize them. 
bad people, we want their name to be erased. And of course, the place where this happens in the most extreme way is, is in the story of Megillat Rut, where there is somebody who will not perpetuate the name. And do you know what happens to him? He loses his name. He's called Ploni Almoni. And along comes Boaz, and he says, um, and he says, here we go, uh, I want to buy the field of Nomi and Rutamoviyah, Nahakim Shem Hamet al-Nachlato, to establish the name of the dead, right, Elimelech, Machlon, Chilion, on their land. There's this connection between that their name should be established with their land. And when he does indeed buy the field, he also marries Ruth. I have married her as a wife. I want to perpetuate the name on the land. And interestingly enough, all the people bless their marriage and they say, um, both of them built the house of Israel, and they will call the name in Beit Lechem. Notion this this notion of the bayit and the name, the bayit and the name, and the same thing they say to Naomi when she has, when when indeed Ruth has a child, they say. Uh, indeed, God didn't deny you a goel, the notion of redemption, the karet shemot Israel. So now I come back to our chapter and how appropriate that the place to memorialize the martyrs and the kadoshim of the Holocaust is Yad Vashem. Yad is a monument, it's a place for them to be remembered. Vashem, their names, the names of the six million haven't uh, disappeared. This is a place to give them a name, to give them, and indeed, look what it says. It says here, right? Even the Saris who can't naturally have children, he won't have children, but I will make sure that he has a yad, a monument, a shame, a name, told me and it will be Bebeti. We will make a bite. Um, I will make sure that then his name is perpetuated, it will never be cut off. And I guess that's what Yad Hashem wants to say about about the, the, the Kedoshim, about the victims of the Shoah. Um, the last thing I, I just want to say is what we haven't got to in this chapter. I already mentioned one thing which we still need to pick up from this chapter, the notion of universalism, uh, something we need to pay attention to, this ki beiti beit amim, the notion of that non-Jews can also join us. We're going to see that in several prakim. We'll pick that up in the future. The second thing is that you'll probably have noticed that we have an expansion in our chapter of Jewish practices. The first pasuk starts, um, The notion of mishpat and staka, but very soon we say, We mentioned shmirat shabbat and not doing anything evil. Later on, twice we're going to mention, The notion of keeping the covenant, but keeping shabbat. And again, it appears in Pasuk Vav, What is this notion of the centrality of Shabbat? We'll be talking about that in chapter 58, two days from now. But uh, that's it for today. Thank you for listening.